Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast. We're on episode 312. Boy, oh boy. Some upsets in the making of Ligia. A lot of changes going around the league. Coaches getting fired. Players coming back. Players getting traded. New logo from the Selección Mexicana. We have a lot to talk about tonight. So let's waste no time. But before I go any further... Let's welcome Joel to the podcast. Joel. What's up, baby? Where do we even start? Ligia. I think, I think before Ligia, I think I would like to talk about uh, early Christmas for me, Selección fans. One gift for those that have been naughty, I guess, for using the P word. And another gift for those that have been nice. So we have, uh, they called up Marcelo, Marcelo Flores for the Chile match. Marcelo Flores, the English, Canadian, Mexican. <laughs> Who plays at Arsenal. Who play- yes. <laughs> Arsenal youth. That's the youth. Eligible to play for Canada, eligible to play for England, eligible to play for Mexico, and we got him. <laughs> I, I think he. Had, I think he already played. I mean, because he was playing with the youth with the um, Revelations Cup or whatever it was called, where he scored those two two nice goals, and and uh, you know he went viral. And I think it's. I think at this point, it's more of like to appease fans, I'm guessing. You think so? I think that this is a great opportunity, especially after having two really tough World Cup qualifying matches to kind of give those guys a break and allow this opportunity with this Partido Molero against Chile. But, but I think and- you throw him, you throw him. And I see that's the thing with, with, with Moleros and Amistosos that they're just that, a friendly. But if you throw him... Throw him in San Pedro Sula, you know, in a, in some pretty, uh, you know, vicious. Um, damn, I forgot the word. Uh, you know, like just like a, a hostile environment. Yes, that's gonna be like a you know very heated game. It's way different, and he will be playing against, you know, just seasoned professionals, not, not youth. Um, of course, some players at that age already, they're already doing it, but those players are starters. They're legit. They're already starting for their teams. Uh, he's just been playing in youth. He hasn't been able to crack to the first team. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, for me, I'm excited to see some young blood. Also, Luis, uh, Luis Oliva. Olivas from Chivas has gotten the, a call up as well. So I mean, these are like young players who are still getting their, um, you know, they're starting eleven like minutes. You know, Luis Olivas was a revelation this this season for Chivas. Yeah, he's coming from the Cantera, and uh, yeah, Marcelo Flores is kind of just like the flavor of the of the week, flavor of the month, what have you. Um, but you know, there's been worse players that have been. Called being called up to the selection. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So, why not? Why not see what he's got? True, true, and amistoso though. But I mean, there's always. 
I, I guess I'm just skeptical because not because of his age, just because of his lack of playing time. Because the players that we did see, Marquez, Guardado, to name a few, they were already playing in the first team. So that's, I would say that that's my big, that's, that's my big doubt. Well, we'll see how he does against Chile. Even Arsenal confirmed it, that he has uh, gotten his call up. So that's good to know that they've given uh, us his blessing. You know, hey, we're allowing you to, to do this. You know, because I know with England and having to travel back and quarantine, I'm sure it's a little bit difficult, but we got him, folks. We'll see how he does next week in Austin, and uh, we'll be there. Well, I'll be there taking photos, so I'll be able yeah, to give it, you my... It, it's a good game to be because that will be his first or his debut with the senior with the senior team. Yeah. So good good matchup to be there. Um and the school, though, we, we got to talk about that. The elephant in the um, room, man. Oh, man. They just unveiled it. What was it, like two hours ago? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, La Selección Mexicana just decided to update their uh, portfolio photo. And <laughs> at the same time, sort of saying, hi, by the way, this is the new Escudo for La Selección. They even had a uh, uh, a show on uh, live but, uh, Facebook. It was put from Aztec Stadium, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, they had like a little like light show. And, and lights. Such an ugly badge. Um, if anybody saw the leaks, it was the first leak. It's that one. It's like a, it looks like a downgrade version of the of the one they had. Um, I know it's more minimalist. Uh, I can't say the word. Minimalistic, yeah. Yes, but it's still horrible. Um, <laughs> it's, it's still bad. It looks like someone just learning Photoshop. Um, I don't. I wonder who they pay to do this. I, I would like to know. Like seriously, if a company um, designed that, or or who designed it, I would like to see like their other work. Unless this is something that someone at FMF dreamed up and they did it to his specifications. So my understanding as to why they made this redesign, uh, Carlos Justis just tweeted that the previous logo was hard to replicate in certain new materials, making it heavier for the new technology and obviously more expensive. So it says it was also hard to redesign for certain colors and that is why the change was made. Yeah, well, that's that explains the you know minimalizing a lot of the stuff. But you could still do that, and and with a better design, with a better, you know, that that's just a weak design all around. Yeah, and you know, it's a polarizing design. Juventus did that a couple of years ago, and everybody hated it. Now, you know, we've gotten used to it. Uh, what I can say, though, is people will continue to buy it. And uh, that's, you know, that's just the, the, the fact. <laughs> you know, it's just like when they designed that ugly pink jersey that we're currently wearing. It's like people complain about it. And then here we are. Yeah, that's the thing where I'm not even going to say anything because I don't even buy the jerseys. And I know that fans are still going to go buy the jersey. So. 
I'm not going to waste my time complaining. Yeah. So it's it's official. It is official. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go on artflow.ai and type in Seleccion Mexicana. I don't know if you know about this website. Have you heard of it? I've heard like, of, I think I have, but I haven't been there in a long time. <laughs> yeah, you just type in like a word and then it'll the AI will generate like a photo and take a best guess of like what you what you're typing. And it's, oh, you it's, think... pre- it's pretty accurate. <laughs> oh, so we'll make sure to update everybody that's uh, on YouTube. Uh, see what this AI designed for us. But boy, we have a lot to cover. Ligia action quarterfinals. I'm not gonna lie; it was it was a pretty slow start that first leg on Wednesday. Both Pumas and America tied zero zero, and Monterrey Atlas tied zero zero. And this is where I was like, "See, this is why the stupid away goal rule was better to have than you know, like the higher seeded team uh, as the tiebreaker." Because this is what happens. You know, teams don't play aggressive. They Park the bus for for ninety minutes, and then what do you know? You know they they're on to the next round. But in a change of events, the second leg between America and uh, Pumas, it was quite an upset. America got off to a great start with the penalty, but then Pumas scored three unanswered goals, and they've made it to the next rounds of Liga. Yeah, I were, America was our. You know, we're Chiva bros, but we we have them pegged as favorites to win the league. And uh, they're out. They're out now. Second second uh, tough loss for Solari there. Um, but, yeah, they, they were our favorites, one of the more consistent teams throughout the season, and they got bounced out by Pumas, who uh, caught fire, as you said. You catch fire going in Liguilla. You could carry that torch, and they've been lit, you know. Pumas, I think, I think going into Liga, they had won, like, what, five games? Five out of seven of their last games? But, yeah, it's a team that just picked up really quick. And I'm, I was just saying, I, I really I really like that the Directiva, you know, they stuck with the coach because he had shown good stuff, and then, Second season, they took his team apart. Uh, they couldn't qualify. They held on to him, and and here here he is bringing results again with a pretty limited squad. Liani doing it again, and let's talk about Solari for a little bit. This is uh, now his second consecutive season with America, where they are eliminated in the quarterfinals after having such a solid regular season. This is embarrassing. Look, they're in first place, 35 <laughs> points, only lost twice this season. Pumas, we didn't even know if they're going to make it to the playoffs. In 11th position with 21 points. We're talking about a 14-point difference between these two teams. And Pumas eliminated the favorites. And look, they already got rid of the away goal rule because it didn't favor America now. Or do you think they're gonna go back to a, a long season no, format? No. <laughs> I would prefer. I know that's the joke. I would prefer that though. That's my dream. But no, no. I just think. I just think uh, that's just Ligia, man. And I think uh, Solari's still learning. 
some of that stuff. You know, I think he uh, he got it wrong, obviously. And I think, uh, so I heard they're going to hold on to him because they were talking about cambios at America. You know, sometimes it's the media, um, just they like to clickbait. Right. Uh, so, and so there was talk that Baños, which is that like, he's like the GM, uh, he was on his way out and so was Solari, but there's also talk that they would keep him. I mean, I would, I wouldn't, I know you're, I know it's embarrassing, but it, you know, overall they weren't, they were, um, I think they set the record, right? They broke their previous record for, um, points. Yeah. Points in the season. And they did reach the final that they lost to Monterrey. Um, so and, I mean, uh, that's. And you're talking about the Conca Champions League? Yeah, they yeah. made that final. So, I mean, it's this is not a team that's, you know, they, they're competing. That's what you want to be doing. You want to be competing. Uh, you know, always be, be competing and be up there. And, and I mean, it's just, it's just the, the bad luck sometimes with Testa Liguilla. That's what it does, you know. One bad game and that's it. Your season is done. Um, we, we've said before in a basketball type, you know, elimination of best of six, uh, I would say they would most likely would have taken the series. But in a two game, you know, imagine if NBA was like that. <laughs> it would, we would be seeing some surprising uh, defeats. I mean, I just couldn't believe that it happened, but <laughs> this is why the games are played. This is why there can't be any predictions because things like this will happen. The game will turn on its head. I didn't see this coming. I don't think anybody saw this, saw this coming. And uh, like you did mention, the changes. One of the biggest rumors picking up steam right now is America is dumping Sebastian Cordova in exchange for Uriel Antuna. This is going to be an interchange between Chivas and America. And I'm just scratching my head like, yo, we're getting the better end of this deal. What is going on? Well, I mean, not too surprising because Pelayas, Pelayas, you know, he he was at America. Obviously, he still knows people. Um, and so if, if Solari probably wants Antuna, that would be my... That would be my, you know, my best guess as to why they would do that. If he's like, I, I would like that player, and maybe he doesn't, he doesn't value Cordoba as much. But I mean, Antuna's a player that he's a seleccionado. Chivas doesn't have many seleccionados, and he's one that could very well be going to the World Cup. That's right. You know, and so you want that. That's like that that type of representation that you want. Uh, to have for your club. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. Belize doesn't really air anything out. So, when you hear rumors from Chihuahua's side, it's it's usually smoke and mirrors. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, it's not like it's never happened where we haven't seen some Chivas players or America players, but, you know, I mean, Oribe Peralta came came to Chivas. Uh, Osvaldo Sanchez. Angel Reina. Well, well, look, Osvaldo Sanchez started at Atlas. 
then went to America. He was at the close <laughs> two biggest rivals, and then he ended up he ended up at Chivas where they declared him a saint, you know, San Osvaldo. And he did win a campeonato. So the, that's that. Um and then we had Luis Garcia and and I just said his name. Luis Garcia. <laughs> and Pelai. And Pelai, they, they yeah. both came in. And, you know, those were two guys that were always antagonizing Chivas. Uh, and there they were. They they led the club to a final. They, they didn't win it, but, you know, they took him to a final. Tiburón uh, so, Sanchez. Wait, Tiburón. Oh, but Tiburón went to America. I thought he right? he was he was at America and then he went to Chivas. Mm, might be thinking of another player. Um, but yeah, yeah there's been was, quite a few. He was, oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. He was at Chivas, then he went to America, and then, yeah, he, and then he came back. Yeah, there you go. Ah. Prodigal son. Um, Ramon <laughs> Ramirez, same. They, America yeah. took him. They, wa- they really wanted him. They, they, de- they declared him Caballero Aguila. It's kind of dumb. It's just... <laughs> Something to try to get the fans on board, um, but I, I remember seeing that presser. It was, it was tough, man. He was crying, his heart st- not 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 crying like Gulit when he left Leon. Like <laughs> this was like man tears, you know. It was a straight. She was a corazón. This wasn't alcoholic tears. This was <laughs> no. This <laughs> it was like. Have you ever seen a lumberjack cry um, or a pirate? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I'm not, not too surprised with that, especially Caspelias. Um, so I don't know, but you, you, you're saying Chihuahuas will get the better end of the deal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you, I, I mean, I'm just looking at it from the overall ceiling of a player. Uriel Antuna has been at Europe and, and back and he was at LA Galaxy and you know we kind of like rescued him to be honest we rescued his career because it wasn't really panning out <clears throat> he had a really good gold cup and then we picked we you know we took on the hype and, and bought him and yeah he's been called up to the selección now and and he's he like you mentioned he is going to be a world cup player Sebastian Cordoba though is is very talented and I thought he was going to be the successor of Diego Linus when you know when Linus left and I don't know what's happening with him over there at, at America, but um, I'm looking at transfer market. He's worth more than Antuna, seven point oh, seven point seven million versus uh, about five and some change for Antuna. So, so you you approve of the of the cambio? I be I mean I'm down for it. I think Antuna he kind of reminds me of Enalo sometimes, you know, with his type of decision making and always just using speed and and not too much like uh, decision making. So. I'd be down for it. I, I do. I don't agree with like having to trade. You know, I think Chivas are at a position where, like you mentioned, they can't be just giving away these players. We should be able to acquire without having to do like a uh, an exchange. Yeah, yeah, but no one's, you know, no one's really selling. <clears throat> yeah, and. Uh... <sighs> Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe there's some damaged goods there. Maybe there, America's not ch- giving us the whole story. There's, there's sending another Oribe. Yeah, because uh, somebody leaked out 
the uh, the salaries. I don't know if they're true or not, but Arriba Peralta was making over five hundred thousand pesos a week at Chivas. His salary for a year was twenty eight million pesos. So this guy was wasn't surprised. The salary thing, and and that was one of the early stuff that got leaked out that that why America let him go on a free because he came to Chivas as a free transfer was because um, Chivas was going to pay half of the half of his salary or a part of it, and so so that that was a I wasn't surprised with that he was making all that money because. He was still contract tied to America, and he could have just waited out his contract, which was like that's why it was like no team would take him because just how much money he was making. I guess he was just in a way cashing out. Yeah, I don't know who leaked all these salaries, but there are some on there that are pretty alarming. One of them, in particular, being uh, Tiva Sepulveda, who's been you know called up to the selección. He's one of Chivas' best players. He's making uh not that much money. He's making like like it's it's not a lot, man. Three thousand pesos a, a week. That's that doesn't sound right. Yeah, and then they have um, Saldivar making more than Alexis Vega. I don't I don't buy that either. Um, who knows? Because Alexis hasn't renegotiated yet, so he's not really making as much as he's worth now. Yeah, but he arrived as like a top contract. I don't think, you know, when he came in, I don't think he was. Yeah, I'm not sure. As far as the other Ligia matches, so like I mentioned... Uh, it was a 0-0 game, and Atlas, oh boy, Atlas, uh, they were able to get through to the next round, beating Monterrey. Well, not really be- beating them. They tied 1-1 thanks to the higher-seeded team. Uh, they are through, and Aguirre, another coach falling short, man, and we had Rayelos winning. We did. We did, but they just couldn't couldn't pull the trigger. Um, yeah, didn't they? Didn't they? Um, was that a penalty that that Atlas was gifted? Oh yeah, that was very controversial early in the match. Uh, penalty call for Atlas, and if they looked at the replay, he like tripped over himself. Yes, I mean, I don't know, man. Ever since Atlas joined Norlegi, they've been getting all these. You know, last season they get the they get the big points from the America, and now they're getting this penalty kick call, which was yeah. In the replay, you, there was no fault. You know, there was no no contact, and uh, I don't know what's going on there behind me. I don't wanna I don't wanna um, insinuate stuff. Yeah, it's one of those things, uh, but that's what happens in in Liga and in Mexico. There's always a controversial play, and uh, the game was very entertaining, especially when Rayado scored on the 73rd. You know, it's like, oh, here we go. You know, here comes that remontada, but they just weren't able to get the job done. They threw everything in the kitchen sink, and uh, I get it, man. Falls short now. He, 
to his defense. It is, it is his first season, bro. Yeah. His first season back. And he has one silverware, so I, I just think yeah. that people were expecting him to, to get past Atlas, and it wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah that... that uh... That that is true. That is true. That that's not the team they would have, um, you know. But you know, there's there's talk that they're getting Pizarro back. There is a rumor floating around now that he is a free free man. He's not going to be at Inter uh, anymore. There was Inter a, Miami. Inter Miami. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's very expensive. He's got a lot of high wages. And uh, the latest rumor is that he's he's going back to Rayados. Yeah, well, I mean, very few teams will be able to pay him. You know, Tigres will be the other one. Uh, America. Um, that's about it. Cruz Azul, but I don't think Cruz Azul would want to do that. Um, so that... That uh, disappoint for Chiva fans because I know they they would want to welcome him with open arms, but there's no, you know. Yeah, we 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 talked about it a episode or two ago that he had uh, liked a tweet about the possibility of him going back to Chivas, but obviously uh, it's not up to him. It's it's up to Chivas and it's up to you know the front office to get that job done. Going back to Monterrey would you know. I think it's a step up from from where he was, but I I will say that it was a little bit of cloak and dagger there by David Beckham, you know, because Beckham had I was I was under the impression that he was going to help him get his his uh, his deal to Europe, and it hasn't been the case. Yeah, it never happened. You know, I felt I felt that he would not have sold him to a European team, but I do think I did see it like maybe a, a loan. Yeah, and I thought I could see him going on loan and playing because I remember when when Landon Donovan. I don't know if he was with the Galaxy or with the San Jose Earthquakes, but he would play with Everton on loan. Oh, that was way after San Jose. Yeah, and he was playing in both clubs. He did good. So I thought, okay, I could see something similar, where you know he goes and he plays in England and then mm-hmm. he just comes back. Yeah, the uh, Red Bull did that with Thierry Henry. He would, on the winter, he would go to Arsenal and and play there. Similar with uh, Beckham and PSG, right? He got loaned out there. So, yeah. Him going back to Monterrey. Good for him. I don't know where, how he fits into the plan now, but I'm sure they could use him. Doesn't hurt to have him. And Atlas are in the semifinal against Pumas. The two teams that I don't think anybody would have <laughs> predicted at the start of the season. One of them is going to go to the final. Is this even real life? Like, what's happening? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I expected. I, I was thinking Atlas could would eventually get there just because Grupo Legi. So I'm not too surprised with Atlas. Um, Pumas is the one that's a bit more surprising just because they came from a horrible season and, and just, you know, not having their squad is not really that good, you know? On the other side of things, 
We had Tigres and Santos. Those games were actually entertaining. Uh, Santos won the first leg 2-1. Thanks to Lalo Aguirre. And then out of nowhere, Zignac just scored. <laughs> one, one of the best goals I've seen this season. Uh, oh, to, yeah. to give Tigres a little bit of, of hope. And then they closed the show at home. It was 0-0. It looked like they were about to get eliminated. And then out of nowhere, El Titan Carlos Alcedo just scored a screamer and gave them the pass to the next round thanks to uh, the standings. Uh, the standings. Yep. Ah, yes, yes. So there's, there's uh, Piojo working his stuff. And so I'm glad. I'm glad things are working out for Piojo. Um, that was not not surprised there again. I, I knew Piojo could do it because he's shown that he could do it. My only concern was, you know, can he win this locker room? You know, is can he get this team to, uh, you know, believe in him? And uh, yeah, looks like he did. Looks like he did, and. Uh, They've been behind him and good, good for the Laos. And Santos, good. Hey, you know, there's one of those teams that they've been, they've always been uh, very competitive. Uh, the other Orlegi, you know, they're the other, they're the main, the main of the Orlegi teams. Um, and they didn't seem satisfied with that, so the coach is out. Guillermo Almada has been let go from Santos, which I I personally think that's a little bit um, premature, a little bit impulsive. Well, well, from Santos, I don't, I wouldn't see it like that, Jaime. Oh, okay. You know, you've seen this before. Yeah, they did it with um, they did it with Chepo, and then they brought in uh. Uh, God damn. The Uruguayan Cachinha? guy. Or no? no, no, no. Uruguayo. Well, this guy's Uruguayo. The other Uruguayo. He was a goalkeeper. <laughs> he was a goalkeeper. He ended up winning the, the league with them. Oh. Uh, and then he, for yeah. some weird reason, he goes to Veracruz. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, maybe his promoter was like, hey, man, just take take this L. This massive L, you know? Um, God damn, what's his name? He, God damn, Jaime, you're the youngster here. I'm, I'm old. I got uh, I'm not very good with coach names, man. <laughs> he, uh, I'll, I'll find it. Come, don't worry. It'll come back to us. Um, yeah, but, um, that was the, they did, and they won, and then they got rid of him, and now they're, they, you know, they're 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 being competitive, but they don't build their squad around a coach. You know, you know what I mean. They don't. They Ciboldi? don't really have. Yes, Robert Dante Siboldi. There you go. He he took him to the final and they won. And then he was at Cruz Azul, mm-hmm. and I don't know where he's at right now. I know he had gone to. Uh, he went to uh, Tijuana. To Tijuana, and was he, is he still there? Uh, he's still at Tijuana. Okay, yeah, I think if they. Oh wait, Silo. J.K. No, no, they got rid of him. Ah, uh, 
<laughs> I still think he's a good coach. He's shown a lot of good stuff. <laughs> I do think he's a good coach. It just needs to be. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him at Chivas either. Um, but um, yeah, so basically, sometimes you have a club, right? And they'll get a coach, let's say La Volpe, and he has his vision. This is how what I see the team doing. And so then they build a team around how the coach. They let they let the manager build the whole team. But then once once uh, he gets sacked, another dude comes in, and then he'll switch it up to, you know, his vision. And so some of the clubs like like uh, Pachuca and, and Leon and these teams. They're more structured, so it doesn't matter if the coach leaves because they already have a lot of stuff in place where it's like players that are need to be promoted and whatnot. I think that's something similar to Chivas is doing with Pelias, um, you know, or trying to do, I should say. So, yeah, for Santos, I'm not – I wouldn't worry just because they've, they've done stuff like that before they and they've shown that – they're back on it, you know. It, it, they're. I think it's what every three years that they're fighting for a campeonato, yeah, you know, and and have been winning every three to four years. So that's that's not bad, you know. That's so I wouldn't I wouldn't any any lagunero out there. I'm pretty sure they're not they're not worried. I'm looking at his numbers. Guillermo Almada at Santos, 104 games, almost won half of those. 45 victories, 29 draws, 30 losses, and uh, about 1.58 points per game. So, I mean, man, I mean, that's not a bad run. I'm not sure why they got rid of him. Maybe they have somebody else lined up. But right now, coaches are getting fired. Uh, Cristante got fired again from Toluca. <laughs> and, yeah, man, that was... <laughs> and it sounds like Nacho Ambriz will take the reins. Well, let me see, because the rumors was that he was going to be presented. They said um, that he would be later on the day. And let me see. It hasn't been announced yet. No, it hasn't. Okay, there we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, let me see. Hello? Yeah. All right. Yes, it hasn't been announced, so who knows? Who knows what, what's gonna go on there? It might not it might not even be true. It sounded like it was it was uh it was gonna happen. And and we talked about Nacho Ambris and Wesca and how that was a dead on arrival project and how you know it's a shame that someone with his his you know, his pedigree, the the title that he's won and and just the resume that he has, and he had to go to the second division in Spain because that's how desperate he was to to fulfill his dream of coaching in Europe, and it, and it just hasn't panned out. And now he has an opportunity to return to Mexico, coach Toluca, who, you know, I was looking at Toluca, and I'm like, man, this team was so dominant in the 90s, and then in the 2000s, they were just so dominant. They won seven of their 11 titles between 1998 and, and 2010, and yeah. then... After that, it's just like, boom, like, I got no more jam left, man. Uh, that's it. That's all I got for the next <laughs> decade. They haven't won anything. They did lose a, a final. Well, but- you did see, we, we saw the rise of, of Pachuca. And then 
you know, Santos and these teams, uh, not only those two and teams. Tigres, that, obviously. That Tigres and Monterrey as well. Yeah. Those those four teams in the past decade and so um, started becoming more of a protagonist and, and taking the spotlight. And then you've had, of course, Cruz Azul. Uh, they did go those years without winning, but they were, they were always playing finals uh, in America as well. So... It's it hasn't been. I I think that's one of the the good things about Liga MX where you don't have like you know you see Serie A Juventus winning like five five Scudettos in a row. Bayern Munich and, with Germany yeah, and I mean, then how many does Bayern have by now? Like thirty? I, I I think they have like one when Dortmund won, and but then it's like yeah, it's basically like Bayern Munich every amount. year. Yeah, or, or in Spain, which is, was just alternate between Barcelona and Real Madrid. Um, then every, every, like, every time there's like an eclipse, you have like Atletico or some, some other team. But yeah, I, I, that's one of the things that I like about Liga MX. Just, you know, it's, it's pretty level. And it's one thing that Tata said when he was defending the league, when he was saying how it's one of the leagues where the teams are the most evenly matched, which is a big reason why Chivas having such a hard time. Yeah, there's nobody that they can step over because everyone's kind of like at that same level. Yeah, teams that, that normally they would have, you know, pushed around, they're not, they've gotten, they have gotten stronger and uh, they, they could bring in players and, and Chivas can, so that's... If you look at like the standings, right, you look at, the spots, the tw- the one through twelve that were into the playoffs, I mean the 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 difference between twelfth position and and fifth was four points, you know. So it's yeah, it's ve- it's very tight, and there was still two other teams, uh, Mazatlan and Ecaxa, that missed out, but they did have the same amount of points as San Luis with twenty. They just had a uh, more goals conceded or more less goals that they scored. But yeah, this 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 league overall is. It's pretty even. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I would prefer the long season format, but uh pipe dream, Jaime, pipe dream, we're not it's not coming back. I don't know. I mean it, it went for cigarettes. I, I we, haven't heard, <laughs> we haven't heard from it. He went to go get milk and cigarettes. I don't know what happened. I'm I'm waiting. <laughs> But no, no, for real though, I think like America's already been able to uh, change the away goal rule. I don't know how how much influence they have, but uh, you know, obviously the long season format would benefit them because they've been the most consistent team. Um, them and not Cruz Azul have been the most consistent team. Like if you stack up all their points together over the yeah, but I I do feel these other teams might. I I, I do think uh, you know those two teams you mentioned. You know, and and I think Tigres and, and Monterrey would would also compete. I do think that it will become harder for the for like the Pachuca and, and the, these other teams to mm-hmm. to be able to to pull it like that because uh, their whole thing is built around going into a, a liguilla. Let's talk about the fourth finalist, semifinalist, Puebla Supercamotes. Had a really good first leg, 1-2-1 one, one at home. And then in the return leg, Leon handled business in Guanajuato, and they won 2-0. Angel Mena. 
Remember that name? Yeah, he's back. Scored both goals. And with that, we have a feline semifinal between Tigres and Leon. What do you think, Tigers or, or Lions? Who who do you got? Man, I don't know. I don't know, man. This league is too surprising. Uh, I'm scared to even give her predictions. Well, Leon did finish above Tigres in the league with 29 points, so they will be closing the show at home, and they will also have the benefit of the doubt if they do end up drawing, they will go through. And this is the first for uh, Diego Olan, who's uh, the new coach at Leon. So let's see how he does. Yep. And Piojo trying to win Civil War in his first attempt with Tigres. I don't know, man. I like Zignac. I'm a big Zignac fan. I think they might be able to to get through to the final. And what a layup it would be <laughs> to have to play against Pumas or Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That could that could that could definitely you you think those teams will by the time they reach the final, lose lose their spark. Hey man, right now it's like uh, they're they're enjoying the ride. You know, it's like they got free admission to Disneyland, and they're like, "Screw it, we're just gonna we're gonna just stay here until they figure us out or kick us out." You know, <laughs> no disrespect you know, to Atlas, you know they were the team in second place. Um, yeah, and they don't think they, they could break their curse. You know, Cruz broke the curse, and then. You really think we're going to break two curses in a row? Atlas is a super, super double hex. Because what is night since 1951? Since black and white. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Their campeonato photo was taken in black and white. Uh, it's a sketch. It's an oil painting. Um, who knows, man? Who knows? It's Liguilla stuff. It's, it's, we've seen. We've seen teams like Tecos and Puebla, you know, rise up to win, to win the league. I think it would be a crazy story if Atlas were to handle Pumas and, and get to the final. And they... yeah, I think it's a toss up that game. Any of those teams, but it, yeah, it's kind of crazy that they're they're going to be in the final again. And Pumas. And, and if they were, if they were able to get past Pumas. They will close the show at home. They will have home field. They have home and field advantage. This entire imagine in the Estadio Jalisco in a final closing the show. Oh man, it would be insane, insane. Yeah, man, that would be something else. And uh, Atlas could 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 do it, Jaime. I think they could pull it off and and. Win number two, I think. <laughs> Win number two. <laughs> I don't know. How, oh, man. La, when you say la, it like la, that, I'm both those, man. I mean, well, I know they won it in 51. I mean, how many campeonatos do they have? I mean, <laughs> they should have lost. They should have been deducted some by now. Just for fucking so bad. Uh, yeah, no more, no campeonatos for you. They should um, get, like, dividends, you know? Like, hey, man, we've been in the league. We haven't been relegated. We should get, we should get a, a little star for that. <laughs> <laughs> Give me as Wikipedia. I'm looking up oh. all their honors. So they've won just one league in, in 1951. They were. Oh, that was their only one, right? They, I was, I was, yeah. They were, I was probably thinking from amateur time. I they were runners funny. up in 49, 66, and of course the iconic 99 
final Which against been, Toluca. They've been celebrating. That they've celebrated, by the way. They've, they've celebrated, celebrated being runner-up, the 20-year anniversary of runner <laughs> You hear, you hear like La Doce, to them it's like La Dos. And, por la dos. <laughs> and then they've won uh, four Copa Mekis. I love how Wikipedia also like likes to put, by the way, they were runner-up in, in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> like they needed that antidote, like, hey, they, they almost won it in 2013. But, yeah, they haven't won a title in 70 years, man. Yeah, man. You have to give it up to uh, to their fans because those are, those are hardcore fans, you know. Um, We got quite an audience here on Twitter Spaces. If you guys have any thoughts on your mind or want to chime in, just feel free to request to speak. Uh, yes. we, we definitely want to hear you guys' predictions and, and takes. It doesn't have to be necessarily Guia, you know, obviously the, the ugly Scudetto that uh, we have now, the for the Mexican national team. Um, there is an interesting rumor that kind of, kind of fits in with the whole Ambris and Toluca. Cabecita Rodriguez, Cruz Azul's striker, is rumored to go to Toluca. So, you know, that would be Nacho Ambris's first refuerzo. Yeah, Nick, very good player. He's a very good player. I'm a, I don't know. I didn't keep up with Cruz Azul this season, but he's he's been pretty consistent since uh, since he was at Santos. He's been solid, and I'm sure he's done everything he's, he could at uh, at Cruz Azul, and now he's trying to get paid. There's also rumors that he might go to the MLS. I heard, yeah, but I heard that they weren't offering, but I mean, that would probably be his best option money-wise. Um, just Liga MX is more, they're more willing to bring in from from uh, South America. They've been pretty, pretty good at bringing some talent. So I guess they're, they're confident they could just pluck, pluck someone from over there and easily replace them. I didn't realize that he had uh, 228 goals. That's a lot of goals, man. Yeah, he's he's one of the top. I heard they're I forgot which Liga MX was trying to bring back Ridas, but mm. I don't know. I don't know if he wants to leave. Oh, we got a request. Yeah, Ridas. I don't know. Um, I I do think that you know. Well, he was at Morelia, so then he went to Seattle, and he's been doing well. He won a, a title with uh, Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, T has requested to speak. Feel free to chime in whenever you want. Yeah, make sure your microphone is on. Yeah, right now it says your mic is disabled. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Hey, yes. what's up, man? Welcome to the cantina. Hey, um, just wanted to quickly just say hello. Um, to be honest with you guys, uh, I have not followed soccer in a while. I guess I've been uh, uh, let down one too many times by the Mexican oh, national yes. team. And I've uh, I'm sober now a few years, uh, but I just wanted to let you guys know that I've listened to the podcast on and off for the last couple of years, and just wanted to stop in and say, uh, you know, you guys are awesome. And oh, I had a random cool. question. Random question. Um, as far as Mexican talent development down the line, 
is their best bet to play in the MLS versus staying in La Liga Mexicana or, or maybe even go to South America? Or is the dream still to go abroad? Um, what do you guys think? Uh, well, for South America, that's they've tried that before. And it's it's so competitive. And and then the the Mexicans going over there, they're already making so much more money. So it's it's been a disaster as far as like but they would in the past send players to like Uruguay and Chile and, and just to try to play, but it it's never worked out because they're so dependent on selling players that they're not really going to develop you know yeah, or give much of a chance to people going uh, some so the, they just and the clubs know this so but they just hope that they could just playing abroad for a while can just like toughen them up a bit but it's never really worked um, and she was trying something similar where they, they sent a bunch of players to Spain to like the fourth fourth fifth divisions just probably like like the Sunday leagues over here <laughs> it's just I don't know why they're doing that. A lot of that stuff usually has never worked, and they, they've done it for years now. So you go back to the nineties, you you'll find articles on so and so is is going to be on loan on some team. Um, so South America thing is it's not going to work. Um, it'd be it'd be going backwards. So here's the problem, and this is why like Liam Mekis has a unique problem: is their players get paid really really well. <laughs> And players from South America are trying to come to Mexico or Europe to get paid because the wages are really, really good. So if you're a young player, there's no future going to South America, even though they have a proven you know, track record of, of exporting players to Europe. But you're going to be sacrificing, and you know it's going to be a more competitive league, and you're a foreigner, so it's like they're not going to give you that, that chance. I know I can count them from the top of, like with my hand, like uh, Luis Hernandez, Mario Mendes... Uh, who else went to South America and like just didn't it didn't pan out? You know, I remember Osvaldo Sanchez when he was at his peak with Chivas. Uh, there was a rumor about him going to uh, was it Santos and uh, oh the Brazilian yeah 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 Brazilian Santos yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, he decided not to because they found out <laughs> they offered him his contract and like dude that's like peanuts like I make more here so <laughs> yeah they were hoping uh, you know you have Libertadores and. The European scouts are over here. Uh, no, the South America thing won't work. I think for Mex players, the young players, uh, MLS. I, I know a lot of Mexico fans hate hate MLS or or the thought or the idea. But it comes down to playing time. That's that's basically what it comes down to. Is if you're gonna get consistent playing time. So Salcedo's a good example because he he went to. Real Salt Lake, and he was just getting playing time to the point where he ended up back at Chivas, and then he went to Europe. But I think he had, was at Tigres, and had he stayed, chances are he probably wouldn't have, have uh, developed as fast because, you know, Tuca's track record of just not not really playing the youth. Uh, so that is, if anywhere you could get playing time, like a lot of, that's that's gonna be your best bet. So and then, do, you, do you foresee that that's gonna be the trend going forward, or do you think uh, a lot of these clubs are gonna just stash the bench with like these young talents and never develop and just kind of 
end up turning into like late 20 year old players. And- <laughs> well, what's what's happening now is uh, case in point, Orbelin Pineda, right? This guy should have been already been playing in Europe, but he has to wait until he's a free agent because teams aren't going to sell him. Uh, they demand too much money. And and that's a, pro- well, but, that's I mean, a problem. But, but, but just to clarify, they demand much money because their value in Mexico is much yeah, higher. Exactly. Uh, so th- they're not doing it because they're evil. You know, they're like, you know, we're going to squeeze everything out of you. It's because it's, they're just valued that much more in the league. Um, but with MLS, we saw there's a league that's being developed, like a developmental league in Mexico that is going to be like linked up to a league in the U.S. And I know it's going to be for getting players, and I think they're probably going to end up um, trying to get the players to play in this league, in MLS, I, I should say. Uh, do you remember, Jaime, the, the yeah, what was it, USL? I for- and I forget, but they're, yeah, they're like the USL and the – Liga de Expansión are going to be like yeah they collaborating. just up, not, yeah. Not, yeah but yeah it's it's I mean because Liga MX kind of closed the door on a lot of youth yeah. with the whole you know going to 11, 12 extranjeros so very few players get a chance and now it's like you're seeing more and more going to like Guatemala's uh, even with the coaches are going over there. Uh, they, they even did a, a report how there's more Mexican coaches in the Guatemalan league than in Liga MX. I think so, um, yeah, you guys are probably the experts here, but like, wouldn't it be interesting to see how the Mexican national national team has fared historically before the extranjero rule? Like, were they better before? Oh, yeah. Like in a global scale, you know? I, I yeah, we've we've talked about it actually. Uh, we, we, we've shown how um, one, one of the big things with, when you see the big clubs, uh, not clubs, the big national teams, is they'll have, they'll have players that are used to playing together. So like when Spain won the World Cup, you know, it was half Barcelona, half Real Madrid. These are a bunch of players that had been used to playing with each other for a long time. Um, and, and same with uh, Germany, you know, it was the majority Bayern Munich squad and then they win the World Cup. And so then it's it's also one reason why you've seen we've seen uh, Brazil and Argentina struggle now because you know their players are Every, all over the everybody's place. Everybody's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And when and when you see like eighty six, Argentina wins it in eighty six, they had majority in Argentina. So if we're looking at Mexico and we see like some of the results they got when it was majority home-based, so like 94, 98, and the, the results are, are... Even in 2006. I yeah, I haven't seen better results that is like, okay, it's been surpassed. So 94 was like big for Mexico because they were in the group of death. They were paired up with three European teams, you know, they were so they were the team that was like, oh, they're, they're not going to, you know... And if you we see Mexico's record before '94, so it's not surprising they were like the weak team of the of the group, um, or perceived. But they 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 end up winning the group of death with Italy, Norway, 
and Ireland. Uh, so that was like a big thing. And that was 94, 95, they play Copa America. They make all the way to the final. And then 98, they're paired up with two more European teams, Holland, Belgium. They make it to the second round. They had a really good game with Germany. And then 99, they win the Confederaciones. They beat Brazil. And if we, we see like now that it's like majority Europe, I, I can't see a result that's like, you know, maybe they beat Germany at the World Cup, but at the group stage. And it's like, okay, they beat France too, but that hasn't really done. We shouldn't be celebrating that when, the you know, Mexico already won Olympics, they won Confederaciones. You know, they've shown that they could win. So I don't, I don't think they're at that point of celebrating a group stage win. It's crazy because at the at the youth level, I think Mexico is world class, like under seventeen, under twenty, maybe. You know, like we've won titles and we've produced some really great players, but it's just like that that step to the senior side. It, we haven't seen it flourish, and it's just well, because, yeah, they don't they don't play them, Jaime. They don't they, play them. They they're just yeah. not getting the opportunities because you know you, the teams are stacked with foreigners. So I mean. I think more and more players that are young have to kind of go the Carlos Vela route where they don't even debut with the, with the senior side. They just go straight to Europe. But it's, it's just very difficult because there's, there's a lot of money. You know, the teams aren't going to be giving away these players for free because they've invested so much money into them from, you know, bringing them into the academy and paying for their, you know, so like they, they're trying to get paid too. So it's like, it's just a lot of money involved. Um, I mean, look at Jose... Juan Macias, right now, he hadn't played since October. He finally gets his opportunity in the Copa del Rey. Plays 25 minutes, injured, and he's done. And it's just like, this guy was supposed to be like our next in kin. This guy was supposed to be ready for the World Cup next year, and I just don't see that happening. Yeah, well, I don't know. Hopefully um, things pan out, but I, I don't have faith. But either way, you guys are awesome. I will uh, mute myself and uh, thanks for the uh, the podcast. Always entertaining. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you so thank much, you. man. I appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate it. I, I think it, it seems like doom and gloom, but it's not so bad um, because what Mexico has been doing since '94, uh, been able to stay consistent, top top thirteen in the world, is very difficult. And I was seeing this tweet that Martin put the other day on Italy. And he said, since 2006, they haven't been able to make it out of the group stage. So in 06 was when they won the World Cup. And then after that, um, I think they didn't qualify. And then they were eliminated group stage. And now they, they're in a position of, of missing out again. Yeah, Italy uh, didn't qualify for... Uh, 2018, and yeah, right now they're they're gonna have to, it's gonna be between them and Portugal to uh to make it. So yeah, they could potentially miss back to back World Cups, which would be crazy. Which would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, that's one of the best teams in the world, and and to be at that, you know, you know, to be in that predicament, it's it's unthinkable, and so it just makes what Mexico does. You know, we, we could appreciate it a bit more. I, I know fans want them to do that, take that extra step, 
And I think it's been a bit of luck sometimes. Like luck just hasn't been, it just hasn't been on their side. Uh, you know, sometimes the, the ball hasn't bounced, you know, in their favor when it comes to the second round games. Uh, and it's usually little things where it's like, it's, it's up in, it ends up biting Mexico in the ass. Uh, but I think they're close. They're close now. But I don't know now with like 48, 48 teams now, and then it's going to like 60. So they'll get to the quinto partido, but I don't think that's different. I think you're with sexto partido. Yeah, at this point, who knows, man. That the, the next round will be like round of 32 and then 16 and then eight. it's, yeah. And they want to do this every two years. <laughs> <laughs> we got another request. We see you. We hear you. Feel free to speak up whenever you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I just want to like do a little, little like summary of what you were talking about and then ask you guys a question. Sure. So I completely agree. Uh, you know, the national teams are like two different faces, like the older team, uh, you know, since the nineties, you know, we had great Copa America results, even in the early two thousands had great Copa America results, confederaciones. And then our young teams were never well known for any results. And then the team, had just flipped. Now our young team are doing great. But the senior team since like 2006 is slowly like going in a decline. And then the U.S. team is like picking up. So I just find that interesting how it was just a total switch on both ends. Now, my question for you was, so it's been confirmed that the gol de visitante was taken away due to America's request, due to fact what happened with Pachuca. So my question is, if that can be done in Liga Mekis, is there a re- is that the same reason why these better players or these players who are in a better moment are not getting called up to the national team? So, for example, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, he was doing great with Monterrey. And then, you know, we called him up for a game, like made sure he was guaranteed to play for Mexico, then forgot about him. Efrain Alvarez, he was doing great. Uh, same thing. Uh, and then with that, you know, we have uh, Acevedo, a goalkeeper for Santos, a center back for Toluca, Arteaga. Like, we just have all these young guys who are doing great, but it seems like the national team's not calling them up for marketing purposes. So I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist or anything, but will you say uh, the directors think the Mexico fans are dumb, that we want to see, like, the Memochoas, the Herreras, the Guardados, when in reality we just want to see the guys who are doing – are in their best playing moment and gave us a better chance of winning. So my question is, you think they're not calling up these young guys who are in a great moment due to just that marketing? Uh, it doesn't fit their agenda, their business model. Yeah, it's it was sponsorship. You know, it's 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 business. So it's and it's funny because it ties up to something you said you said earlier. But yeah, it has to do with with um. You know, the sponsors that put all this money when every time Mexico's playing Moleros. And if you already have, let's say, Ochoa, and he's the face of, you know, uh, Pepsi or whatever that's that's promoting, then, yeah, they're going to want him or they're going to want assurances that he's going to be with the Selección because, they, they, you know, they put money 
and and it's helping promote it and you're not going to pay all this money and the dude that you've been using is uh, it's not even getting called up and the the I say it ties up to the youth because you know Mexico around oh man it's around 2000 I, I can't I need I need to get the the dates cuz I think it was um it was around the time that all of the youth teams failed to qualify to their respective tournaments. And then after that, they started uh, just doing programs and after that, investing more money. So if, and when we see the Mexican youth teams, they're among the teams that pay the most out of any teams. They'll be playing the most uh, games and tournaments. So they're always like well-prepared when, when they go when they go in, like, you know, when they go in a competition, like you'll see Mexico playing Toulon tournament, they'll play Dallas Cup. They play all these smaller cups, you know, before they even, a lot of these youth, before they even get to under 17, some of them were already in four or five tournaments. Um, but yeah, that, that came from all the friendly games that get played in the U.S., you know, the Molero, the Moletor, they call it. Mm. But that's a lot of money that the selection started making because you go further back, they didn't play as many games. You know, they played, I don't know, two, three times a year. Now they play like, it seems like they play every other month. They play um, They play more games in the United States than they do in Mexico. Yeah, well, it's a lot of money, all the sponsorship, you know. You, you see, you go to a game and they have the, what do they call it, like the fan fest outside in the parking yeah. lot. And you see all the, you know, all state, you see all these companies promoting and you see some of the older players that sometimes it's sad, but they'll be outside right there trying to get you to buy car insurance. Um, and, but that's, that's been what has helped the youth. All these Molero tournaments, they started investing money. Uh, for the Selección Mayor, I, I don't think they were, I don't think they, they, they were in decline. I think they just haven't been able to improve it's just been stagnant. Do better, yeah. And well, but it, it just seems like you said the youth teams are like giving those results and they're well prepared, but they're not giving that opportunity towards that like next jump. Yeah. So what's the whole point? Uh, seniority, man. I I mean, for me, that's the way I feel about the whole situation. Is like there's seniority. They're they're giving a little bit too much respect to these players like Ochoa and Talavera, Hector Herrera, and they're not picking the players that are in form. And it could be player image. It could be marketing. It could be like. No, well, but but see, but kind of what he's saying is is um, the the thing is is the clubs don't really care that, you know, they're not gonna play a player just because he's gonna he's gonna be useful for the selection, uh, in five years. They they're gonna their thing is to make it to Liguilla because that's where they're they'll get a lot of the money from. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even look at our clubs. I mean, a perfect example to me. After hear, reading all the interviews since after he made his decision with Ricardo Pepe, I am 100% confident he wanted to play for Mexico, like heart-wise. Yeah. Career-wise, it was like <laughs> the likelihood of me getting a chance to attend the next World Cup is pretty oh, yeah. low. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, that he he's not owned by Liga Mekis Club. He's getting his playing time in Dallas, but it seems like Selección Mayor is like, you know, he's killing it, doing great, but we just don't want to call him up. And now it seems that with Marcelo Flores, it seems like we're only calling him up out of fear of losing another player. 
instead of because yeah. we actually want to give them a chance. So, you know, if one of these those kids was, was my child, I would love them for playing in Mexico. But from a professional point of view, I would kind of be like, you know what? I think you're better off with the U.S. or Canada. <laughs> right now, yeah. it's it's actually kind of re- realistically uh, with, uh, with Flores, like he's not going to break into the English national team. And Canada right now is cutthroat, man. They they have really good talent right now. So I think realistically, this was his best chance was to to play for Mexico. Um, but there are players like David Ochoa who announced that he's switching, even though we've never really called upon him. And uh, yeah, I mean, for one thing though that helps me sleep at night is like I have yet to see a player that decided to go play for the U.S. that had the opportunity to play for Mexico, and we actually like are hurting because of that. There hasn't been one single player that's actually like done anything. Maybe, no, maybe, maybe Pepe, maybe it, Pepe will, but you know, USA didn't qualify for the World Cup, so it's like now it's like they're trying to get back in form. But let's not forget, bro. Like Mexico dominated this decade, and and the U.S. haven't been doing that well. So you know, now we're starting to see like the gap close or whatever. But for the longest time, Mexico was was dominant in this region. <laughs> I wouldn't consider that a gap closing. Uh, I know it looks like that maybe because the media exaggerate and they, they, they clickbait, you know, they feed off of that. Uh, they make things seem better than they are and worse than they are. But I, I wouldn't put it at that because they have yet to be dominant. I think once you see the U.S. being like dominant the way Mexico has been, then I would say, that you know the gap is closing, but they haven't been to that level where it's like, like Mexico at their best. You know they they you know they'll put like four or five goals, and U.S. still is not doing something like that. You know when's the last time you saw U.S. Uh, put a beat down on Mex? I you know I can't think. I it's, it's all been two zeros, two one. You know that type of result. Well, if you look at Gold Cup wins Mexico, they've had like 4-0, 5-1, or 5-2, or whatever it was. Yep. Yeah, they've had those massive wins and uh, and and also just been more overall dominant against well, their rivals. M- my fear with that is, I mean, if you look at the U.S. and sports in general, like the Olympics, they're pretty much dominant across the board. It's always like them, China, and like somebody else. But, you know, as far as, like, when it comes to the Olympics, like Mexico, whether it's Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics, there's, like, an immense, an immense gap between U.S. sports and Mexican sports. So my concern is that once the U.S. is, like, they're hopping on board on soccer right now, but once the oh, yeah. athletes fully immerse themselves in the culture, I don't, it, based on the results of other sports, I can see them surpassing us. I mean, as far as like from a nutrition point of view. Yeah. Uh, but they've been saying that for you for 50 years, bro. <laughs> they've been saying that for a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. They've been 20, saying that for 20, a lot, know, long 15. time. But remember uh, MLS, remember how they used to do their penalty shootouts, you know, it used to be a joke of a league <laughs> and now it's starting to get more formalized. It's starting to become more serious. It's starting, you know, I'm not saying it's a high league as far as level. Cause all you have to look is look at CONCACAF champions league. Mexico's still dominant, but from my point of view is that within the next 10, 15 years, they could surpass Mexico if they chose to. Yeah, well, I think for, for what, you know, you're going to see that um, their best athletes choosing soccer, I, I still think 
it's still a couple years. You I don't see MLS will have to be one of the better paid leagues. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna have to surpass NBA and NFL. And so you got a baseball player signing a seven year almost three hundred million dollar contract. Unless unless MLS can do that kind of uh, athletes are gonna continue to choose NBA, NFL and, and baseball over soccer. Yeah, that's the I th- but I do think that like you said, they've been they've been improving and so that, that can't be denied uh, that just how their league now it's like twenty something teams. They it have, used to be twelve. They have twenty seven. Yeah, I think they're trying to get thirty and just because it's a big country, so it, it makes sense. But that just means they're gonna have more players and that's that is um I would say that was something where they compared to Max, they had less depth depth, you know, less talent, but it it could switch because Max did the opposite, you know. They're like, hey, let's bring in more foreigners. And so I think that that's Max hurting themselves when they're they're becoming more dependent on foreign talent. And and then uh MLS just building more and more teams where it's like more of the players from this country are getting opportunities. Yeah, the only thing I see that we have in our benefit is that uh, Mexico players still learn that street soccer. Uh, you know, when they're playing like uh, uh, you even see players that play like on the youth teams of uh, America, Chivas, they go play in the Liga Llanera to make extra money. Yeah. And with the U.S., that doesn't really happen. Now they're very well protected. I mean, I see it in my local Sunday league. You know, we have a uh, slew players, St. Louis University players that play in our local Sunday league. Right now, they just beat like Duke in the NCAA championships. But when they play in our league, those guys get shut down. Like the Mexican guys that play in the Llano back in Mexico, like they know how to shut them down. And these are like NCAA D1 players. They no, no tienen esa picardía, you know. No. Esos señores, like, they know how to get in their mind. So when you, you get bring some Pfizer, it's like, level, there's a custodian. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's sweeping. And, and then he comes in, he schools this guy, right? No, yeah, no, for real. It's crazy. And, and the reason I think it is, because, you know, I've seen it with coaching. Like, I remember when I would grow up playing, if somebody did a dirty tackle on me, uh, I would learn how to avoid that tackle. And with these kids that playing the play for pay system yeah you can't do those tackles because they're like hey timmy why are you tackling that you can't tackle them like that you're gonna get them hurt so they never learn those senses of how to fully play the game that's that's the moro the moro huero moro prieto meme right there oh <laughs> uh, wait you're right now dude you're right you're right about that it's it's too structured here it's, it's very structured and they have how it's like Every, everybody are, gets are, their orange slices after the game. <laughs> yeah, or, or youth leagues where it's it's every game ends in a tie, no matter what the score was. Um, and and it's it's true what you say. It's 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 too like structured and formalized, so it it, it hurts them. And they, they they always been wanting to be tied to the whole university. You know, with with the um, they do the player draft and whatnot, and so I do I do think that that limits them, because like you said, those players are like almost factory type, you know, and and yeah, you do see a lot of this talent players that come from the Llano, you know, like Brazil. You got these kids playing in a in a 
field with like stray dogs and potholes and they're using a tin can. And so when they get up, you know, when they, you put them in a flat field with a football, man, they're, they're killing it. Yeah, I know those, a lot of Brazilians grow up in the favelas or they play on the beach and then you give them an actual pitch with the with the physical with the real ball and they're like, oh wow, this is easy. <laughs> I, I did see that. Where where do you play? Um where do you play your Sunday league? Oh, it's out in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, you're you're out there, man. I I played here in uh in California when I was younger. And I saw similar to you, some of these guys will play sometimes on Sunday league and you could see the difference. These guys would show up with the, with the Adidas bag and they'll have the, the slides and they'll have the whole training gear and, and uh, you know, then the equipment and they're doing their warmups and, and then, you know, you saw the senores, these paisas, they were coming from work. They're like chugging a know, beer. From, just from the bakery or wherever they were at. And uh, they would, yeah, they would play those dudes under the, you know, under the table. They would. Yeah, there was a team here that he had all like D1 college players. You know, he paid each one of them like between $200, $300 a game. And then the first oh. round of playoffs, uh, they lost to like a Yanero team from Honduras. You know, <laughs> all of them are like line cooks, uh, yarderos, things of that nature. But I won't lie, you know, uh, on, on the turf field, yeah, yeah, the D1 players probably like smoke them. But, you know, on the Sunday league field, yeah, you know, things of that nature. Got little, the grass is a little bumpy, things of that nature. And then the slight yeah. tackles with aggressiveness of the Yano players. Yeah, smoked them. I looked at the owner. I'm like, man, you literally just invested over $20,000 into that team. Just so like, uh, n- with all due respect, a group of like cocineros, yarderos <laughs> smoke you on the first round of playoffs. Yeah, and, and you know, I've seen it because uh, in the 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 nice fields, they're usually bigger, you know, and wider. And so that, that means uh, just more space to run. So, yeah, you would usually, you know, if you... You tire, you could tire out faster, and then that 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 gives them that edge because um, they're like athlete wise, you know, you're gonna be in better shape than some dude that's like working and and this is his day off and he's playing and he's all like, he's you know he's not gonna have that much that much um, condition for for playing. So getting close to the hour and a half mark. I want to hear you guys' predictions before we wrap this up. Who's going to go to the final? We got Tigres León. We got Pumas Atlas. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards a, a Tigres Atlas final. But what say you guys? I'm hoping to jinx Atlas and I'm going to say they win it all. Uh, going back with conspiracy theories, uh, <laughs> Atlas, you know, with their new ownership, and Alejandro yeah. Marigori. It is Aragori, yes, Grupo yeah. he, he has such a huge influence in, in the league and the national yeah. team. Like, I think too much of an influence. Uh, I think Atlas will get in there. You know, just look at that penalty that they got against uh, oh, the yeah. So I honestly thought Santos was gonna make it too, but no, I think the final's gonna be Atlas versus Tigres. Okay. 
Hello. Hello, Marco. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking it. Uh, I'll jump on this hot take real quick, and I want to say that I'm not cheering for Atlas. I think everybody's hopping on board with Atlas. I mean, I think they're due. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I'm a Chivas fan. They're... I'm not. Well, <laughs> as an Americanista who uh, had a very interesting Thanksgiving, you know, I, I, I'm cheering for a. I, I'm cheering for Atlas, and you know what? I I. I am cheering for Atlas, but I feel like uh, Tigres is going to take it. I think they're going to turn on the, the their their on switch. Uh, they got they're stacked. Uh, you can't rule them out. But you know what? I I I think Atlas is uh, is due for one. You know, and uh, and I'm hope hopefully they'll take it. You know, it'll be interesting for the league. Uh, you know, I'm kind of getting really tired of the same teams reaching the final every year. You know, you know, add a little bit of spice with uh, Atlas. It- it would be interesting for Chivas too, because oh, absolutely, it, it would improve that rivalry when and your crosstown rivals are actually winning something for a change. Uh, yes, but I, I, you're a America fan. I, I need to hear your take on on Solari and Baños. Should they stay? Should they leave? And Cordoba too, since uh, Jaime here is offered a trade. <laughs> Well, I I haven't uh, listened to uh, any of those rumors yet, but uh, you know what? I feel like Solari is uh, is adequate for the job, and I think he's doing a really good job. But I feel like uh, you know I need it. I think it's time for some players uh, to move on to the, out of the team and to get some new fresh blood inside. I feel like Cordova has kind of been a disappointment this season. I think he has not lived up to the expectations we all had. He got the number ten for a reason at the beginning at the beginning of the season, uh, and he has not lived up to oh, that. Oh wow! They gave him the number ten jersey. Wow, that's, that's a that's a death sentence at Chivas. Well, I yes, and I feel like that's the same case here. I mean, the rest of you very unprepared to fill those big shoes that that, that jersey that number. Uh, uh, has, you know, and uh, I feel like he's been a disappointment, but I feel like he has the capacity to, to yeah. I mean, his capability, just, he just has an, he has an offseason, you know, and we needed him and he didn't deliver. I would like to see him stay at the club. I'm not a big fan of these uh, changes between America and Chivas. <laughs> uh, obviously, I feel like the Chivistas are also uh, in that same uh, train of thought. Uh, but uh, I feel like Solari should stay, Cordova should stay, give him another chance uh, to bring in a number 10 and you know, take the team in better directions. So you you would not want Antuna? Uh, no. I am, I mean, Antuna is a really good player. I for him. Uh, and uh, like I said, I'm not a big fan of uh, both teams uh, doing, uh, you know, those type of deals. I mean, I'll be honest, man. I really haven't felt that rivalry in a long time. And you look at some of these games after the the bell rings, uh, they're over here shaking their hand and joking around and exchanging jerseys. (laughs) Like, there's no rivalry there. But uh, yeah, well, they got the new social media era, you know. It's it, that'll do that to those players. But um, I feel like it's 
I, I don't. I'm, I'm honestly surprised that we're even talking about this in, day, in this day and age that uh, they're they're thinking about doing something like that. Yeah. I, I, I saw uh, uh, Piojo's. I haven't looked into it, but I saw Piojo's reaction. I know he felt uh, the America jersey when he was there, and uh, I feel like it's unnecessary. I don't think it'll benefit either team. Well, I think I think Chivas would be benefited from Cordova if he partners up with Vega well. And uh, Tuna, he should perform better at America due to their playing style. But I agree, it shouldn't happen. Uh, if they do make this trade, uh, that week leading up to a classical, you know, we're always talking smack on Twitter. They just need to shut their mouths. So don't talk about... <laughs> Don't talk about rivalry this, rivalry that when you're out here trading players. It's like if Barca and Madrid traded Fati and Vinny. Uh, yeah. Would each one perform well at the other club? Yes. But do you need to make the trade? No. Yeah, it does not benefit either team. Uh, I think it's just more like to stay relevant because they are both failures in the season. What was that TV show where they traded spouses? Maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to spice up their marriage, you know, like, hey, maybe you can get the best out of him, you know? And I think they both feel like it's a it's a advantageous to, to, to both of their careers. But it's we'll up, appa- apparently it's up to Antuna. Antuna hasn't signed off on it. Well, I think, I think America knows something that the rest of us that's don't what know. I've been saying. Because, look, oh, America, America sold, like, Nes, Reyes, Alvarez up to Europe. You know, like, players that uh, – young players. So, the only, the fact that Cordoba had one bad tournament, and if you gave him the number 10, you saw something in him. Yeah. I feel like it's too serious, too severe of a punishment to get rid of him after just one bad tournament. So, I feel like there's something in behind the scenes. That they want to get him out. Sending him to Cuba shouldn't be seen as a punishment. But no, no, I mean as a punishment would. as getting rid of him for one bad tournament. No, 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 I'm a Chiba. But it will be. I don't mean like that. <laughs> the punishment is that you just gave up on him after. No, 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 I know what you tournament. mean. I'm just messing. Yeah. I'm just messing here. All righty. So looks like everybody is rooting for a Tigres Atlas final. That is pretty interesting. Uh, I don't think I've heard from uh, T. I know uh, he was the first one to speak tonight. I don't know if he has any. Maybe he forgot. Maybe he left his phone off. <laughs> Guys, on on that note, I I want to say uh, before I log off here, uh, I want to give you guys congratulate you guys. I've been listening to you guys for quite a while. Uh, congrats on the three hundred shows. I listen to you guys every week. Uh, oh, it's thank always you. thank you. Thank it's you. always. Uh, it's always funny to hear as a as an Americanista. It's always fun to hear you guys kind of bicker and banter about the chi of us. You know, I really, really enjoy it. I've been enjoying it, but uh, you know, your your hot takes are are, are funny, are uh, interesting, and uh, you know, it's really entertaining. Uh, I'm glad to be able to finally speak up here, and uh, I'll let you guys continue. Oh yeah, we we want to do this more often, and and we always want. Uh everyone to to speak because uh, everyone always brings in a different perspective yeah, and exactly we learn from that stuff too you know we, we all benefits us as well so we try to do this as often as we can just so that you know everyone gets a chance to talk yeah we have and i feel like uh cheekies is missing uh because you know his boomers kind of uh smashed on us last weekend <laughs> 
So he's been gone for a while yeah, now. He's been but gone. He's coming back, but uh, yeah. No, gents, th- thank you so much. Uh, I'll uh, mute myself uh, and I'll let you guys finish off for sure. Thank you thank again. You. Well, there you have it, folks. We had some hot takes tonight. A new badge for the Mexican national team. Hopefully, that's a new, new paint coat and uh, signs of a of a better 2022. We do have Mexico versus Chile next week in Austin. If you guys are going to the game, make sure to say hi. I'll be there, and uh, we'll see how these semifinals play out. Joel, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up tonight? Oh, no, sir. Just thank you. Thank you for the listeners. And we always welcome the participation. We're going to try to do this as often as we can. Uh, and and I, I might sound sacrilege, but I do want Atlas to do good. <laughs> I think that, that it will benefit Chivas, you know, to have their neighbors outperforming them. Should light a fire there. For them to improve, because I have felt that in the past years, that Cruz Azul America has been the the hotter rivalry. Yeah, I think it's time for them to not be the butt of every joke. Atlas, it's time for you guys to win some silverware and bring some joy to the city of Guadalajara. Anyways, everyone, thank you so much for chiming in on episode three twelve of Cantina MX. You can follow us on Twitter. And this episode will be uploaded to iTunes, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast app is. We are there. And with that, hope everyone has a good night.